Hello everyone. I hope you are doing well. We are back with another episode of Blitz Business. I hope you will enjoy this podcast. Hi Meghna, thank you so much for your time for coming over to Blitz Business. It's a pleasure to have you. Lovely to be here and very nice to talk to you Ashish. Looking forward to this chat. Great. So Meghna, if you can tell us a little bit about yourself first and then we'll talk about your venture Slurp Farm. Yeah. Okay. Hi, I'm uh, Meghana Narayan. I'm the co-founder of Slurp Farm. Before starting Slurp Farm, I used to run McKinsey's public health practice, uh, which basically meant I worked out of our London office and our Delhi office, doing work. And in Delhi specifically, I was doing work on early childhood nutrition and vaccination. So you know that DPTK, TNTK, and all of that. I'm trying to get mm-hmm. that more, uh, you know. sort of better coverage of of uh, of those vaccines um but i think this was where my interest in sort of early childhood nutrition was born uh before that i uh, was a, a competitive swimmer for almost a decade uh, i swam uh, for karnataka and for india i have about 400 gold medals in my kitty um, wow. and i went to the asian games in 1998 um but a quick sort of uh, you know in terms of education i am i have not i'm not a food technologist uh you know and i run a food company but i um you know i'm a sort of a mathematician and engineer um and then uh, you know I've studied maths and and computer science uh, like you ashish at oxford and uh, then went on to do an mba at uh, harvard business school um and i've spent most of my career before slurp farm at mckinsey uh, so really you know for me this is my third career right the first was very much that of a swimmer the second was at mckinsey and now slurp farm wow uh, that's very impressive megna um so what out of these three careers you know which one you enjoyed the most or enjoying the most uh, it's a tough question i've done all of them <laughs> and i <laughs> you know i think um Uh, the reason i say that is that i'm one of those people who whatever i do at that time um is you know i give it my all right and uh, whether it was swimming or it was mckinsey or whatever you know university um i've always believed in uh, you know if you love what you do then it's not work right uh, and mm. uh, you know whether I, and i i truly enjoyed every bit of uh my swimming career my time at mckinsey and now at slurp farm right uh obviously there are great days and there are not so great days and some downright awful ones um <laughs> but if the prize is clear right of what it is you're you're chasing um then uh sort of all of that becomes you know learning opportunities and and, and opportunities to do things better right um so i don't think i have a favorite career i think you know the, the first one uh, is the one that people are most fascinated by um mm-hmm. yes. uh, you know especially sort of in india and sport but uh, uh, you know i think i've enjoyed each and every one of them oh, wonderful so megna what has been the or how easy or difficult was the transition from corporate to starting your own venture i mean what led you to first and uh, the second part of the question is how easy or difficult uh, it was the transition uh 
so I think, you know, if you are the kind of person who uh, sort of, you know, draws up an Excel sheet of the pros and the cons and the, you know, whether it makes sense to do and so on, it very, it's very hard to do entrepreneurship, right? Uh, the, we never made that list. For both Shorvi and me, this was a problem worth solving. Uh, the problem that I, that I talk about is the problem of early childhood nutrition, right? In terms of uh, India's metrics, frankly, globally, um, you know, between malnourishment, obesity, and lifestyle diseases that sort of happen later in life, the problem was very, very clear. And it was not just a poor family problem. This is across the income spectrum, right? Even amongst the, the richest people in our country, we have um, sort of se- severely deficient nutrition outcomes. And when we dug into why, if you looked at the grocery shelf, uh, of course, there are many factors, but the grocery shelf hasn't changed much since, you know, forget when I was a child, even when my mother was a child, right? It's still meda, chini, dalda, preservatives and all kinds of sort of tastemakers, if you will, uh, which mm-hmm. make things really addictive. And, uh, you know, health is always not uh, one in the battle between health, price and taste. Um, sort of price and taste is what most food companies have um, optimized for and health has normally been left out to dry right so we felt that this was a you know uh, this was a problem worth going after and we truly believe you can make things tasty without them being uh, you know unhealthy right we have such an incredible food culture in our country and right from the get-go that was very much on the cards right in terms of how can we make the story of Indian grains, the story of Indian traditional recipes, um, you know, enter our children's lives from when they start solids all the way through, right? So bringing diversity of foods on the plate and so on. To your to your question on, you know, was, was it hard? It depends, right? Like I said, I genuinely don't ever look at things that way. Of course, but every what's not hard, right? If you want to do something exceptionally well and be the best in the world at it, it's going to be hard. Um, and that's, I mean, to me, that's the only reason to try, right? If you truly believe you can build something exceptional, uh, you should go out there and do it. I think where I'm, I really lucked out is that, you know, both uh, Shoravi, who's, who's my co-founder, um, uh, and Umang, who, you know, who, who, who's the brains behind the brand in terms of, you know, how it looks and so on. Uh, we are all equally passionate and resilient people, right? We want to make something unique and we will keep fighting till we get it right. So I think, um, you know, no journey is easy. Just finding the right people along the way is important. And now that tent is a lot larger. It's not just sort of, you know, Shoravi, me, Umang, of course, our families and so on. But the team at Slurp Farm is 30 strong and everybody there comes to work for only one reason, Right? We're going to get kids eating better and have a different sort of, you know, health outcome for the next generation. Because what we have right now is just not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And how many, uh, Migna, how many SQs currently do you have? And uh, through what all channels do you operate? Um, so we basically, uh, you know, in terms of categories, we go after, uh, you know, cereals uh, for children. Then we have uh, dosa mixes, pancake mixes. All of these are millet-based. Some snacks um, and, uh, you know, a few superfoods, right? So things that a mother is looking for, um, you know, to, to increase, say, like the protein uh, 
amounts in her children's uh, diet. So there we have like nut powders and alternative sugars and so on. So we have about 30 products, uh, SKUs in our portfolio. Uh, we sell uh, both online and offline. Pre-COVID, our offline business was half of, uh, you know, half of the overall pie. Post-COVID, um, you know, you know, we took a strategic decision to uh, really pare that down, and just we felt parents of young children would not be going to the stores. I don't think we knew at that time that we'd be sitting at, you know, in July of June, July 2021, and having the same conversation. So we just in the immediate future that would be minimal and we'd have to grow it in the end but we'd come back to it when things are a bit more stable but i think what has happened to us is you know between d2c which was not a big part of the business before covid it's now 23 percent of our overall business right between d2c and the other channels we've seen incredible growth uh, because finally i mean it's very unfortunate that it had to be a global pandemic that did that but health is very much back on the table, right? Not just a yeah. side conversation somebody has with their pediatrician or a nutritionist once in a while or, you know, loose dinner. Like now it is, people know that if you eat right, then your immunity is better. You have a better chance at fighting off these kinds of viruses, right? Um, so COVID has done us that favor, I would say, in terms of really bringing the health agenda to the forefront. Um, I, you know, so we've benefited from that. So, yeah, so we sell, uh, you know, like I said, 30 SKUs and we sell them both um, online and offline, primarily online. Uh, 23% of our sales comes from our website mm-hmm. and the rest from marketplaces and so on. And Migna, what has been the strategy which has worked for you for in the space of customer acquisition? Uh, when you started versus now, what channels has worked the most? I mean, how has the strategy shifted uh, in terms of customer acquisition? So I think, uh, you know, uh, the strategy, like I said, right, one is channel shift in terms of more online, uh, whether it's marketplaces or D2C than, than offline. Uh, for the immediate future. And we think, you know, you can build a reasonably sized brand uh, just online these days in India um, before really penetrating the offline channel, which is a which is a challenge in its own way. Um, uh, you know, in terms of what's worked, I think, what you know, almost every year we are a new company and different things are working, right? So in year one, yeah. I'd say, year one and year two, one of the things that we did a lot of was to uh, do a lot of these mom and uh, sort of baby mom and kid pop-ups. Uh, we did it uh-huh. all over the country, uh, you know, and, and basically there were these uh, events where lots of young brands of young, you know, targeted towards young children would come together and, uh, you know, sort of introduce themselves to the, to the, to the new age mo- mother, right, who's a customer. Uh, so we were part of what I would say 100 pop-ups a year, if not more, um, and that was, I mean, of course, social media was something that we did, but we weren't actively doing large amounts of performance marketing in the beginning. Uh, we just felt, let's let's get really close to our consumer, consumer. Let's make sure our product is right. You know, of our first six products that we launched, um, pretty much all of them have seen a transformation and some don't exist today, right? So... I'd say that was our first focus, right? Being as close to the consumer as possible um, in the in the old days in person. Uh, now it's on the end of a telephone line or a WhatsApp chat. Um, but, you know, as I said, say, uh, the big shift has been 
you know, the use of technology, right? We've always thought about it, but I think, uh, you know, and we've used it in bits and pieces. Now, I see Slurp Farm is thinking actively across dimensions, right? From customer, understanding the customer journey to understanding, um, you know, do, to doing analytics in a, in a way that we haven't done before, um, you know, uh, to acquire and to retain our customers. Um, so that's been very, very exciting. And how do you differentiate uh, in this particular segment? I mean, there are, um, uh, as you might be aware, there are many uh, such brands or in this D2C space, which has come up um, trying to offer healthy alternative uh, in FNB space. So what is your moat? Yeah, so um, you're right. This is an absolutely wonderful time to be launching a brand in India right? It sounds counterintuitive, but if you're doing a health food company, now's the time to, to, to launch, right? Because like I said, the tide is, uh, you know, you're swimming with the tide as opposed to against it. Um, uh, so yes, we have some competition. We wish there'd be more because there'd be more people screaming the same message that we are, right? And that will help us all grow. Um, so we are really, you know, about, uh, so I, I, we don't necessarily see that as something that we need a moat from just yet. I think our moat is mm-hmm. that you know, if you tr- if you look at our brand, right, there's no doubt in people's mind as to who it's for, what it stands for, right? It's a brand mm-hmm. made by two mothers for young children. We're not trying to be everything to everybody. We're very clear who our target is. Yes, of course, families eat our dosas, mixes and pancakes, right? It's not by any means, uh, you know, in fact, we have a lot of sort of uh, young millennials, uh, single people as well, eating the product. By no means are we saying, uh, you know, we're not, uh, people are not supposed to eat it. We're not targeting them, right? We're going directly after the people that, frankly, we want to have an outcome on in terms of health mm-hmm. outcomes and so on, right? So we're very, very focused on that. Uh, so I think that rigor and that thought behind who we, who is our target and how we're we going to go after that—that that is very clear, and um, so that really helps you focus, um, you know, your mind and you, for the consumer as well. It's not confusing. Um, yeah, so I think uh, you know, in terms of that's what we've done differently. We've not tried to be everything to everybody. Mm-hmm. And what has been your uh, current plan in terms of have you raised any fund? So uh, we we have raised money. Uh, Shorvi and I bootstrapped the venture in the beginning. Uh, we then did an, uh, sort of a seed angel, angel round, really, um, that we did in uh, middle of 2018 um, You know, with, with, with an incredible set of people uh, from Ashish Dhawan to Sanjeev Bikchandani, uh, Aditya Ghosh, uh, Utsav Gajal, Sam Bedi, which is a, you know, like is an outstanding set of people, each of whom who add value way beyond the money that they put in. Uh, we raised our first institutional round in the middle of the craziness of COVID, uh, you know, sort of in December of 2020. Um, you know, so that was about $2 million from Fireside Ventures. Uh, and, you know, Kaval Singh, uh, you know, is, is part of our board now. And we're very excited to work with Fireside. They really have brought a lot uh, to the table way beyond the money. Mm-hmm. I think Fireside uh, um, um, 
um, has done some incredible work uh, recently. I'll encourage to listeners and you also if you get some time to listen to Kanwal. Uh, he was kind enough to come to the show, uh, I think, a few weeks back. So, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Meghna, if you wanted to share your thoughts, uh, for example, how difficult or easy, what are your learnings from fundraising process? You know, I think uh, for many companies, people see sort of, you know, I, I think it's also the way the media portrays, right? Fundraising seems mm. to be the goal, not the not the destination. For us, that has never been the case, right? Uh, this is, we're in it for the long haul. And we want to bring mm-hmm. on board partners who will really, who understand the vision, right? That every child has the right to th- good nutrition and to thrive and want to be part of that. And I think for us, that's where the magic with Fireside just clicked, right? Um, that for Kaval didn't even blink. This was what was most <laughs> super exciting to him, right? And for us, it was like we found somebody who thinks the way we do. So there's no question uh, this is a good partner to go with. So I think find people that really share your vision and your excitement for what you're building, right? In fact, sometimes I feel mm-hmm. like it's so lovely because um there's a bit of you know the 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 faith like the faith from our investors has always been uh quite inspiring to us so on days we're not feeling so great about ourselves um it's nice to know that there are people out there who've been you know who are on your team rooting for you right so i think two things Mm -hmm. ensure that that you know the investor that you're looking at really understands your uh your vision right um, for what you want to do with this company, how do you want to build the brand? Um, these are we at least are not in it for the two-year sort of time frame, right? We're in it for the long uh, haul, uh, and he mm-hmm. understands that. So I think find that match is getting that right is important. Um, yeah, I, to be honest, it wasn't difficult. I think it would be it would be incorrect for me to say <laughs> it was difficult for us. <laughs> Uh, I think, you know, we were very clear about who we wanted to partner with. Uh, and, it, you know, and I think I'm hoping that, that that sort of pattern continues. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, there was um, there was one question I remember very specifically asked to Kanwal. So I think I'll ask you also. So when, when is the... Um, um, what is the right timing, for example, you know, uh, as a company, uh, as a founder, from your perspective, I wanted to understand the dichotomy of uh, burning capital uh, at what till what point in time it is OK to burn capital? You know, how do you see that particular thing? Uh, because growth can be achieved, growth and profitability, the two dichotomy. Uh, uh, I mean, there are many brands which have reached uh, crossed 100 crore market very short duration obviously yeah. uh, but how do you sort of balance these two things out or from your from founders lens how do you how do you manage this aspect so i think you know from day zero we've always been focused on profitability so when actually mm. covid happened and you know literally more than half of our business evaporated overnight uh, mm. we you know re oriented costs and we broke even okay mm-hmm. so we were not i'd say even now yes of course we're, we're burning through crash because we're growing at a at a really fast clip but uh, you know that doesn't take away from our uh, sort of constantly looking at the bottom line and the unit of economics of every channel of every product and so on and so forth this is something we are um, obsessed with i i would say and spend a, a fair bit of time on. 
um, you know, I think there are different ways to build companies and I'm not one to, to pass judgment on others. But I think with mm-hmm. FMCG in particular, right, these are, you know, once like you, you need to, they require capital in the beginning and they turn profitable quite quickly. It's not, um, you know, it's not one of those things that you're constantly in this zone of, uh, you know, cost per click acquisition, right? Or sort of monthly downloads, daily active users, so on and so forth, right? So one, for us, actually, the magic is in getting people to try the product, right? Once that that, mm-hmm. that happens, we have a like 40% repeat. So, mm. you know, people come back and try it again and again and again, right? And that's where the battle is won. So I, I'd say, you know, we have always focused on profitability, um yes we're not saying that we're prof- profitable right now but we've made that choice and we should we decide to we can be really qu- quite easily mm-hmm. yeah okay fair enough so I think um, that, that's a decision we've taken right you could possibly say we could grow faster even uh, mm-hmm. and then the things might be uh, slightly less sustainable but you know mm. i think that that, that become, that's how not our ethos um so you know we we always will have the eye on both ends of the uh, of the pnl statement yeah uh, that's uh, very refreshing and good to know uh, uh, i think uh, everyone has a different way of uh, running companies and different thesis everyone builds over time so i think there is no right or wrong but uh, different strategies people have so correct <laughs> Um, Meghna, there was a recent, um, I'm not too sure. Uh, so there was a recent news which came in terms of there are different sets of companies which are coming into the market, for example, which are looking to acquire, raising capital to acquire D2C brands. Uh, so uh, how do you see this current landscape, uh, you know, changing in or how do you see the future outlook in this particular space uh, from your perspective? Uh, consolidation happening or such brands will be coming up which are just solely their main focus is to acquire smaller brands uh, so how do you see that so i think uh, you know there are different types of uh, of these models right some of them are just financial investors right so they'll go come in and buy a bunch of brands and put some uh, i mean to be honest we've seen that with wpp and you know some of these media mm-hmm. houses right uh, with, mm-hmm. They've they've uh, streamlined the back end and kept the front end separate, right? And the, mm. the value has come from unlocking that back end uh, synergies. So I think that these models are being played out right now. It's hard to say which way it will go. Um, you know, I think a lot of it is to buy brands that are, you know, doing well on Amazon, are profitable, and really, you know, ten x them really quickly. Um, mm. You know, I think there's some great entrepreneurs out there. Uh, you know, Anand Narayanan, who's just raised money, a part of Mensa. Um, you know, who could do magic, right? It'd be uh, to be honest, I'm I'm watching it as closely uh, right now. But only time will tell. Uh, you know, sort of how successful they've been. Um, you know, for us at least, I'd say that we are D2C is a big, big part of who we are right now, right? I would you know, even a year and a half, two years ago, it was not the case. Uh, it's because mm-hmm. the market is shifting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people are buying directly from websites in a way they have never bought before in this, frankly, in the world, but in this country. 
and uh, so the given that behavior changes happen there's no doubt these models are going to emerge right um hard to tell though i think we have to see wait and watch um uh, you know for us at least i'd say yes d2c is important but we are also going to build a, a we're a fmcg business right with a tech heavy backbone but very much fmcg mm-hmm. so what's your growth strategy for 2021 or for the next 5 years where do you plan you plan to add more uh, skews or uh, tap into adjacencies what's your thought on that so couple of things uh, one is definitely more skews uh, we are in the business of feeding children and children eat differently from adults right uh, firstly they need more variety uh, they're not going to eat the same breakfast every day uh, if you offer it to them uh, so you know one is our portfolio kind of lends itself and d2c enables you to do that right because you don't have to you don't have stock held up in multiple um, stores for example so we might have carry mm-hmm. a smaller portfolio in store but a larger portfolio on our site for example right mm-hmm. uh, so that's one thing so definitely we will grow through increased number of products um the second is you know we have barely scratched the surface of ma- the marketplaces right and with new marketplaces uh, new in the sense in the context of food uh, you know we do really well on big basket and amazon uh, but there's flipkart instamart grofers all of these are also growing now so there's a big chunk of uh, this thing that will happen there uh, i think d2c will continue to grow how much it will grow as in sort of exponentially over the others uh, to be honest i don't have a uh, i'm going to wait and watch uh, that is see we can manage this you know we really enjoy the process of d2c because it helps you be so close to the customer that it is yeah. the magic is in unlocking that and never losing sight of that it is to us it has replaced the events where we used to go and talk to mothers right because now everybody on our team talks to uh you know every month we speak to at least uh, 300 400 uh customers right everybody doesn't matter who you are uh, founder accountant everybody has to speak to customers along with the customer service rep because you will mm-hmm. all get you know sort of i think so i think that d2c piece there's a bit of unlocking there that will happen um and finally uh, you know we just won the amazon uh, prize for uh, you know amazon selected 10 brands to go global uh and mm-hmm. we are one of those 10 uh, so we've just launched in the uk uh mm-hmm. and we're launching in the uae in the next 3 weeks uh and we will launch in the us by uh, august so all of these of course they will have their you know it will take 6 months to build traction uh but we're very excited about that opportunity right this is i'd, I'd say we are a, a company that has the mission to feed kids better but also to uh, take millets to the world and uh, this is very much part of that right we're excited to take these indian super grains and make them put them on a on a table anywhere in the world so, so um, one question which comes to my mind is so how, how does your current supply chain looks like uh, how do you ensure quality and different aspects uh, um... so uh, we work with third party manufacturers uh, we have our own uh, product development uh, sort of team Uh, mm-hmm. as well as our own uh, production quality assessment team um, mm-hmm. you know so they manage the process at these uh, uh, this thing whether it's raw material sourcing uh, packaging material sourcing when they come to the factory the checks 
finished good checks, lab tests, so on and so forth. So that entire process has been mapped to an inordinate amount of detail. And um, that's what our, we manage that internally, even though we work with third-party manufacturers. <clears throat> I think what's important to know is that we work with really large people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, scale is, um, you know, that will not be a problem for a very long time. Wonderful. Uh, wonderful, Meghna. I think uh, some uh, incredible opportunity, definitely. A uh, lot of uh, room to grow. Uh, to wrap it up, I wanted to ask you uh, one of my favorite questions. So uh, during you, uh, this entire journey, uh, you know, uh, this incredible journey you have, uh, what will be the one thing or maybe two things uh, you would have had done differently if you were starting today or starting from scratch? I think we'd have done D2C faster uh, first, mm. definitely. We would do D2C faster. It would have enabled us to, uh, you know, we, I'd say we, we are able to fix products and make changes much, uh, much faster. So, for example, and when I talk about fixed products, I'm talking about really small fixes, huh, which make a huge difference. Things like, mm. um, you know, the cardamom is too much in this ragi almond banana kind of fixes. <laughs> and really you know that that has really helped and um, so i think that we'd have we'd done that faster just uh, you know uh, getting us closer to our customer um everything i want to do faster i think you ask me right I, like the everybody jokes that Mizna wants to done yesterday so a lot of things <laughs> faster. <laughs> you know, there are certain things you just have to do to learn so I wouldn't like to uh-huh. say, I, I, no regrets. Uh, next uh-huh. time we do it, we'll do it better. I think with the offline piece, we learned a bunch uh, and we do it better next time, right? Um, uh-huh. So we've learned from all of our mistakes So and mistakes teach you more, no? So I'm not so fast about the mistakes that we've made. I think, I think just the theme is I do things quicker. Uh, wonderful. Any any uh, uh, any of your learnings you want to uh, share with a fellow listeners who is planning to start, uh, he or she is planning to start a D2C brand or something in F&B space, your key learnings? I think uh, the, you know, really understand what your customer wants, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, customers will ask for a lot of things, but they will only pay for a few things was uh, one of my mentors told me. So like figure out what they're going to pay for and make make those products, right? Uh, so just never losing sight of that. You know, the, I think a lot of people will tell you this, but really figure out how, what are the systems that you're going to put in place to always stay super close to the customer. And to me, right, our biggest strength is that because we're able to do that in a way that a large company struggles with. Hmm. Um, so that, and the second is, uh, you know, you are smaller, so you have a responsibility to be more nimble, uh, yeah. and, and think quicker and act faster. So, uh, you know, again, uh, remove all the barriers that, you know, uh, sort of slow you down, uh, as fast as you can. Easier said than done. I struggle with that, uh, as well. Um, so I think that, and I think finally find a really nice bunch of people to work with. I think for us, right, that's been the, mm-hmm. that's been what this is because, like I said, we don't see this as a short sprint. We see it mm-hmm. as a marathon. So 
so you might as well do mm. it with people that you're having fun with and you want to work with absolutely uh, you mm. know I, we love working together uh, both is sort of with everybody that we work with whether it's investors or with um, you know people that we hire or anybody right is a is a really nice group of people all committed towards a common goal uh, which is you know which is to get kids to eat better basically we're changing the way children eat one child at a time and if you're motivated by that please send me an email wonderful thank you so much uh, mekna for your time really enjoy talking to you and uh, the brand we are building uh, thank you so much again thank you for listening <laughs> Thank you for listening. We will be back with another episode of Blitz Business. Stay tuned.